Now under new ownership at 347 North Main Street in Sheridan. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Travel back in time to the era of the Big Band, Friday, February 25th at 7.30 p.m. with the Glenn Miller Orchestra, live at the Wild Theater. Glenn Miller Orchestra was formed in 1938 by band leader Glenn Miller and turned out million-selling singles from 1939 through 1942. The band members have changed over the years, but this classic music is still as good as it ever was. Glenn Miller Orchestra, February 25th. Get your tickets at the Wild Theater box office or online at wildtheater.com. Yes, there are fish under the ice, and they can be worth a lot. The Sheridan Rotary Club's second annual Ice Fishing Derby will be held at Lake DeSmit Saturday, February 26th. Enjoy the fun and a chance to win the $25,000 grand prize. Prizes in four categories, $1,000 for the largest fish, $300 for second, and $200 for third place. Additionally, 200 tagged fish are worth $50 each, plus door prizes, lots of door prizes. Tickets are available Derby Day at the lake at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports in Sheridan or online at SheridanRotary.org. But wait, there's more. Join the raffle for a Derby Day helicopter ride at the lake, weather permitting. Sheridan Rotary's second annual Ice Fishing Derby, Lake DeSmit, Saturday, February 26th. Brought to you by Dave Alden, Tegler & Associates, Sheridan Media, Interior Images, Century 21 BHJ Realty, Precision Excavation, Aaron Waddell, DYT Solutions, Dawson & Megan Powers, Agents of Century 21, Rocky Mountain Sports, and Hammer Chevrolet. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program. Brought to you by American Liberty Mortgage. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse, brought to you by American Liberty Mortgage. The bitter cold of February continues, and the roads are actually not too bad, but do please take precautions. And if you're in the city... Leave early. Make sure that you get to your destination safely. Now, I don't want to jinx anything, but the numbers of cases have declined and transmissibility appears to be declining as well. Like I said, it only appears to be. Um, don't know the science on that one. But as of Monday, masks will no longer be required in most indoor spaces at the University of Wyoming following a vote by the UW Board of Trustees. And this morning, we are joined by Chad Baldwin from the University of Wyoming Office of Institutional Communications. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Floyd. Uh, uh, how's, how's the weather down there in Laramie right now? Because it is pretty dang cold up here. It's bitter. Yeah, it's uh, it's colder. Coldest it's been all winter, basically, for an extended period anyway. Uh, sounds like it's going to be with us for much of the week and hopefully warm up starting this weekend. So that's good. It's, uh, I think, you know, it's close to zero, <laughs> and it is, <laughs> yeah. a little bit, it is a little bit windy here, actually, too, so that's that's not a good combination. Oh, the wind. That's the part that gets you. You're able to go from building to building and be all right, but the minute that wind catches you, 
it just seems to cut through just about everything you wear. Yep. All right. So does the university actually look a little bit different this week than it has over the past two years? Yeah, I, I think so. I think we're everybody's excited now. We're kind of well. I know that everybody's excited that the mass retirement's gone because it's, you know, there that's a very divisive issue, of course. But, but uh, I think there, there there's a real positive feeling that we are starting to pull out of this thing, and and the the removal of the indoor mask requirement is a a, a one one sign that we're getting back to normal. Uh, and uh, you know, so we still, of course, recognize and and support those who want to wear masks uh and but you know it's not a requirement now anymore now I'm, I'm sh- the board of trustees uh down there doesn't make any decision without uh a lot of consideration what what led them to this decision well actually uh, uh president seidel had recommended to the to the board that we go ahead and maintain uh the end of the cl- that masks inside classrooms only at, uh, other indoor spaces, it would be removed. But the board, uh, the board took it a step further and said, and it was a divided vote. But they basically said, oh, this, we're not going to have the requirement in classrooms either. The one thing that people, if if I'm in my office and I want people to wear masks in my office, I have the ability to to still, you know, that requirement. You know, depend if the occupant of the office says you got to wear a mask in here, then that's still that's still in force. But uh, uh, you know, it's so. So the the president was was supporting a kind of a relax, somewhat of a relaxation. The board took it uh, another step beyond what he had recommended. Even now, how are the vaccinations going? Is UW still operating those drawings? So we have we have one more. I, I think it's taking place this week. Uh, the, so the last one. Uh, our student health uh, clinic does have the vaccine and has been giving out uh, vaccinations and for COVID and for influenza. Flu shots are happening too, and uh, uh, and so you know we we're at a spot where, particularly compared to much of the rest of the state, we're relatively highly vaccinated, uh, and so uh, you know up to probably two thirds of our students and more than more than two thirds of our employees. Well, that's fantastic news. I'm going to switch gears on you here, Chad. Uh, can you tell us more about this Wyoming Outdoor Recreation, Tourism, and Hospitality Initiative? This is yeah. uh, this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, this is tied in with the Wyoming Innovation Partnership, which involves collaborations with our community college partners and the university and the governor's office, Wyoming Business Council, and others. And we're calling it's worth is the is the uh, acronym W O R T H, uh, and it's we're, we're it's going to have a kickoff ceremony on March second uh, here at UW, and uh, basically it's a, a we're taking up our support of of uh, the state's second largest economic sector, tourism industry to a, to a new level of uh, collaboration and support, uh, both for uh, students who are interested in entering uh, that industry and helping prepare them, but also in supporting the, the, the uh, businesses in that sector uh, with research and other kinds of activities. See, I, I, I think that's absolutely amazing. It's not going to be simply just uh, go to college, learn how to do it, and then jump out there. But there's, there's going to be research behind this as well. How do we improve the hospitality industry within the state of Wyoming, uh, because it is the second uh, uh, biggest industry that we have. And, uh, and another great way that the initiative works, uh, you know, with Governor Gordon's Wyoming Innovation Partnership. Uh, how will all of this help students transferring from community colleges? Sure. So, so uh, um, we'll have a a very uh, defined set of courses, and if they take them at the at community college level, they'll transfer here to UW. So it's kind of a seamless transition toward uh, toward getting their degree. Now we already have an outdoor recreation and tourism management degree that's been going for a few years, um, and has produced graduates who have gone on to to work in both the public and private sectors in the state. Um, 
Uh, and and now this is going to take it to to now an even uh, stronger level. So so we'll have real world world experiences for our students. We're going to have courses, training, and certificates for working professionals in the industry via distance technologies, and do work uh, on like market analysis and research and collaboration with industry. Uh, so for example, one of the things we we already have in place is we have groups of students who are doing projects in different communities in the state, uh, taking a look at how to to uh, increase tourism in those uh, locales. Uh, you know, we all realize we, we've we've got our crown jewels in, in uh, you know, the national parks, particularly in western Wyoming, but then the, the uh, uh, places like Devil's Tower and that sort of thing get a lot of traffic. But uh, there's potential, of course, to uh, to do some expansion in other parts of the state and build on that foundation, and, and that's a lot of what Worth is about. Now, these jobs that uh, you can actually get once you get that degree, I mean, they're they're much more complicated than I think what people would under would would initially think about. Uh, managerial sure. positions, uh, entrepreneurial positions. Absolutely, yeah. You know, guide services, uh, uh, resorts. Uh, you know, hotels, restaurants, uh, all of that stuff that comes along with the tourism industry. And then we also have graduates who go on and work in, in like for public agencies, say the National Park Service, the Bureau of Land Management, the, you know, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the, all these things, the Game and Fish Department, the Wyoming Office of Tourism, uh, all of these uh, uh, are opportunities for our graduates here right here in Wyoming. And you said that that degree program has actually been in place for quite some time. Uh, I was, I was a, a little just a few years, yeah, just yeah, a few years. Uh-huh. I was a little ignorant of that. I didn't know that that was something that someone could really look into. But this is a thriving industry that is absolutely critical to the Cowboys' state. Um, so it's fantastic to see what is developing out of this, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be watching that pretty closely because I'd love to see. Something that uh, individuals might uh, perceive as maybe an entry-level position, but then you could go to college for that position and come out with a degree to improve not just yourself, but the industry as a whole throughout the entire state, which I think is absolutely amazing. All right, when we return, we're going to continue with the University of Wyoming. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Considering a mortgage loan? You have a new option here in Sheridan. Tia Jaffe and American Liberty Mortgage. Tia and her team offer years of personalized expert service with a variety of home loan options. So whether you're purchasing or refinancing, they have something for every stage of your life. At American Liberty Mortgage, their job is to make your dream a reality. Give Tia Jaffe a call today, 307-214-8369, NMLS number 636-438. Visit her online at yoloans.com. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. Aloha. It's the annual Albert J. Goodwater FFA Alumni Luau Bash Fundraiser, Saturday, February 26th at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds Exhibit Hall. Their silent auction is actually online this year, Tuesday, February 22nd through Saturday evening at 7. Proceeds fund local FFA scholarships. This year's coverage sponsored by True Built Builders, Heartland Kubota, ERA Carroll Realty, First Federal Bank and Trust, Cindy Kramer's American National Insurance, and Blacktooth Large Animal Services. Exciting things are happening at Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits as we roll out our latest new menus. Off of our big plate menu, let's highlight the way Frackleton's serves up a pork chop dinner. French pork chops farm to fork from Young's Farm near Parkman 
grilled and served with mashed potatoes, haricot burnt, and a fig mustard reduction. Frackleton's recommended wine pairing is as Oregon Pino Gris, where good food is good mood at Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits, downtown Sheridan. Remember when your mom would say, eat a live toad first thing in the morning, and nothing worse can happen to you for the rest of the day? Well, if you ignored her and didn't eat that frog and now you're stuck waiting for good stuff to happen, then you need the healthy calm that only comes from the health nut. The best organic salad bar in town. Smoothies that'll level you right out. An aisle after aisle of toad-free supplements that'll keep that sunny disposition going all day. The health nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. This is Ken here at Prime Rate Motors. We understand everybody's situation is different. We have helped people get into the car they need by numerous ways. You may need to down trade for lower payments. You may wish to trade in more than one car. Prime Rate Motors will accept trade-ins on trailers, tractors, campers, even four-wheelers. So let us help you get into a premium, pre-owned vehicle that is exactly what you want and need. Here at Prime Rate Motors and Super Trailer Store on Sheridan's Coffee Avenue or PrimeRateMotors.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by American Liberty Mortgage. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I am joined by Chad Baldwin from the University of Wyoming Office of Institutional Communications. We're discussing the happenings down at our own UW, and right now one of the biggest things, UW's fourth Impact 307 incubator will be located on Laramie County Community College's campus there in Cheyenne. Chad, why was this location chosen over others in the state? Well, so this is another step in what's going to be basically happening statewide, Floyd. So we're doing it kind of piece by piece, and we're doing it in collaboration with community colleges. So, you know, of course, we've had the incubator in Sheridan uh, for for a number of years. Scott Randell and his team operating it there, uh, one in Laramie, one in Casper. Now we're going to Cheyenne. But that's just the, that's just the next one. I mean, there are others to come. Uh, there's discussion uh, with all of the other colleges uh, in the state for locations in those spots. So, you know, Riverton, Powell, uh, Rock Springs, on and Torrington, on and on. But also then in communities even that don't have community colleges, like, like Evanston, for example. So this, uh, I think, will be doing a series of these press releases over the next year as we open these up across the state. Well, that, that's fantastic to hear. Now, how would you say uh, Impact 307 has affected the state as a whole? Well, I think it's, it's, uh, you're starting to see this sort of entrepreneurial mindset even be enhanced in communities across the state. You see, you know, a lot of the things they do is they, they have these competitions where you, if you have a good business idea, you go, uh, you enter this competition and you pitch your, your plan and, and then you get a chance to win some money, some sort of startup funding and then even like a spot in the incubator. And so that's, uh, it's, I think that we're, we're seeing that in communities. I know Sheridan, of course, very, you guys have very entrepreneurial mindset there. Uh, people are, uh, starting new businesses, relocating businesses. That sort of thing, and and uh, I think that's the fruits of of, uh, of these sorts of efforts, and and it's exciting to see these things developing. And it's great to see pitch night every year. I love it when that time comes around. The ideas that some of these individuals have are absolutely fantastic, and uh, so many of them actually become you know they bear fruit and they go forward and start their own business right here in our state. Now. Yep. When is the location at LCCC supposed to uh, get off the ground? It's just a matter of, of, of months. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I think there's some hiring taking place. Uh, you know, moving into the offices and that sort of thing. So it's it's uh, just just a matter of weeks. So they'll take part in the pitch night presentations this year. Uh, do you think they'll they'll be up and running in time to, to be able to hold those around the time frame? I think so. Yeah, that, I believe that's the plan is to they'll, they'll have one in first southeast Wyoming, uh, Laramie County uh, yet this year. Uh, and, and in fact, I see that it's coming up quite soon. It's March 4th yeah. is the pitch night event uh, in Cheyenne. And, of course, there's they do theirs. There's one a separate one in Sheridan that – They've even had one uh, operating on the Wind River Indian Reservation for 
for a couple of years as well. Great businesses coming out of that. And if you have an idea, I would send you that way. Now, we've all had teachers that have impacted our lives. I can name at least five right off the top of my head right now that helped shape me into the person that I am today. To celebrate these influential teachers and make an impact, make their impact known, the University of Wyoming College of Education has actually launched the Because of a Teacher campaign. Chad, can you tell us a little bit about this? You bet. You know, so so our College of Education is uh, the primary producer of of graduates to fill our teaching and educator positions across Wyoming. And uh, uh, we we all know that in the state and even well across the country that uh, there's a shortage of teachers. We're, we're it's uh, it's a you know um, it, we're 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 having trouble. We don't have enough people in the pipeline to fill the needs that are out there. And so this is part of the strategy to try to help that, which is to to uh, you know m- make sure people realize the impact and the importance. Of of, uh, of our K twelve educators, and uh, and so we'll be highlighting in a series of videos uh, people in prominent spots in Wyoming talking about how uh, a teacher in their sometime in their youth had a big impact and helped get them to where they are, and it's to, to kind of raise the profile right of, of the teaching profession in our state. Lift it up a little bit higher. This is to inspire others to become teachers themselves. Now, how can we see this? How can we view this? You bet. So there's a, a, a website. Uh, uh, if you Google because of a teacher, University of Wyoming, you'd find it. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's uwyo.edu slash education slash because of a teacher uh, with hyphens and because of a teacher. And that gets you to the to the homepage. You see the videos. Uh, the u- videos are posted on YouTube too. So if you look, if the, because of a teacher, University of Wyoming, you would find them. But then you can actually on this website submit your story. So if you have a story you want to tell, even like a little video you'd like to submit, uh, you you have the opportunity to do that as well. And we'll be producing more uh, videos as well. Well, that is great to hear. Is this going to be a one-time thing, or are we going to try and do this every year? I think this is going to continue here for probably about the next year. Yeah, it's and it'll grow. There'll be more videos and more uh, more things uh, for people to consume and and catch their attention. And if a teacher has affected your life, I would suggest that you just even it doesn't have to be a big video, just a, a little shout out to that individual who uh, helped make you who you are today. Now, and finally. Yep. Chad, can you explain to folks just exactly what the decarbonization prize is? Because this may inspire quite a few folks. You bet. So, uh, so we do have a. I got to find it here on my on my uh, computer screen uh, real quick. But the, the uh, we we are partners with with Baker Hughes, and this is our School of Energy Resources, uh, and uh, we're basically have an opportunity for students to submit in a, in a contest ideas on decarbonization, particularly on how uh, to use hydrogen more in our, in our energy system. So it's, un, it's open to all of, our, all of our students on campus, graduate and undergraduate, in any field of study, and it's, uh, we got $5,000 to hand out, and the winning team gets, gets half of that, gets $2,500, and um, it's basically again to try to generate ideas uh, on how to help in this energy transition that we're doing uh, in Wyoming and across the country. That would be amazing, don't you think? If uh, a science fair dealt with something like that specifically, and you can just walk through and look at the ideas that uh, you know high school students and maybe even junior high kids might have uh, as they go forward with uh, the problems that they'll face in in the future. Uh, and, and so we're looking for ideas regarding every aspect of decarbonization. Yep, yep. This particular contest is focused on uh, uh, getting ideas to improve the production, transportation, storage, and use of hydrogen. Uh, and so that's that's kind of the take here. Although the proposals could include, 
you know, uh, carbon management, carbon capture and storage, uh, improved monitoring and sensing techniques, uh, you know, material science. Uh, there's a whole whole range of things that uh, that people can can take and, and run with on this. Well, that is great to hear, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing any of the projects and some of the ideas that will come up. Uh, will you guys be reporting on those? You betcha. Yep, we, we certainly will. Yeah, I've got a curiosity about that, uh, just kind of letting the youth of tomorrow take the idea and run with it and seeing yeah. what they come up with, uh, and a different perspective on things. Chad, I want to yep. thank you for being part of the show today, and uh, stay warm, my friend. Stay inside. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Floyd. Same to you. All right. When we return, we're going to talk with the Sheridan County Library System. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. Considering a mortgage loan? You have a new option here in Sheridan. Tia Jaffe and American Liberty Mortgage. Tia and her team offer years of personalized expert service with a variety of home loan options. So whether you're purchasing or refinancing, they have something for every stage of your life. At American Liberty Mortgage, their job is to make your dream a reality. Give Tia Jaffe a call today, 307-214-8369, NMLS number 636-438. Visit her online at yoloans.com. Tax planning is not just tax preparation. With the changes due to tax reform over the last few years, you need a tax planner to ensure you are getting the most value for your business. We offer advisory services customized to your needs to help maintain financial viability while achieving future goals. Come see us today. Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. This is Sheridan College Rodeo athlete Devin Dixon inviting you to our 12th annual Sheridan College Rodeo Banquet Saturday, March 5th at Sheridan College Golden Dome. Doors open at 5.30, dinner is at 6.30. Silent auction and live auctions and music by Tris Monsick. Tickets are only $75 but have to be purchased in advance. This is our biggest scholarship fundraiser. Call the Sheridan College Foundation at 675-0702 for tickets. Presented in part by First Northern Bank and Wilcox Abstract and Title. Check out the FFA Barn Bash online auction on SheridanMedia.com. Shop farm and ranch items like Shipton's gift certificates, horseshoeing from Goose Creek Farrier, an equine teeth float from Moxie Schreiber Veterinary Clinic, PEMF treatments, and more. The auction ends this Saturday at 7 p.m. during the FFA Barn Bash, but if you don't plan on attending, set your high bid now, and you can always pick your items up Monday at Sheridan Media. Check it out, the FFA Barn Bash auction at SheridanMedia.com. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Sell that vehicle hassle-free. Put money in the bank today from Hammer Chevrolet, Troy Baker. Bob, if you have an extra vehicle and you want to turn it into cash, then come see us. We are looking to buy all makes and models. There is a huge demand for pre-owned vehicles right now. Once we inspect your vehicle and verify its condition, we'll give you a check the same day. So if you just want to sell your vehicle, we're ready to buy it. The fast, safe, and fair alternative to a trade-in or a private sale. Get cash today. Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Alger. Online, HammerChevy.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. 
by uh, brought to you by American Liberty Mortgage. I just had to move the microphone out of the way there. We want to see your smiling face, Cameron. All right, I am Floyd Whiting, and this morning I am joined by the director of the Sheridan County Library System, Mr. Cameron Duff. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning. Now, uh, let me see if I can't uh, get your mic a little louder. There we go. Good morning. Now, how have things been going and how are you dealing with this nasty cold outside pulling up a a, well getting out a good book right well of course (laughs) anytime you can get a good book is is a good day but uh this is just a little bit cold i i remember growing up in in cold cold weather and you know i i love winter as my main season of the year but i don't know this this is just a little too brutal for me you can put on as many layers as you want but your your fingers and your toes are still yeah. cold going out there <laughs> so no I'm, I'm looking forward to just a little uptick in the the temp and yeah i saw that uh national weather service said that we reached a record low last night at the airport of minus 23 and it's going wow oh. i i get it we've been colder here in wyoming but I never like to see records broken in that way. No, yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I absolutely cannot stand to see records broken on, on like, heat in No, yeah, I true. mean, that's yeah. just, oh, my goodness. So, July, look out. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Now, the, the one thing that I always kind of, I liked the winter better than the summer because you can hide from the cold. That's That's much true. easier to do. But when I was a kid, you know, the best thing you had was a swamp cooler. The uh, ACs were not all throughout yeah. America, so you could not run from the heat. No, and the swamp cooler just adds more moisture yeah. to the whole room. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it's not really great when it comes to cooling the place down. Now, uh, when it comes to our library, what do we have coming up? What's on the schedule? Um, so uh, we have some programs coming up in, in the next couple months um, that we want to to highlight uh but the the main one is we're going to have a guest speaker coming in for um her book the call of the last frontier it's melissa cook she will be at the um story library on sunday march 20th they're going to open it up just for her on that day and then she'll come to the fulmer library on april 5th at 2 p.m and again at 6 p.m. So uh, it's just we're we're excited to the fact that we're starting to get more authors willing to come back in and um, try to hold some sessions. The last couple of years have been um, hit and miss. We can get some in, others not so much. And then, of course, we were restricted on our own end. So it's good to see some of these authors want to get out there and, and – um, you know, show what they've written and be able to share with the audience and get some interaction with the public. So we're we're just excited to see more of that. So you know, if people um, in the listening right now, they have an author that uh, they're interested in and have a connection. By all means, you know, plug us and let yeah, us know. Absolutely, and see if that author is willing to come in. So we're we're kind of excited about that. Now, are these can they turn into a Q&A session? Could, if I were to attend, could I ask somebody, you know, why did this character develop in this way? Or, or where did you find well, it, inspiration? It depends on the author who's doing it. Sometimes they have a pre-planned and then they'll go ahead and do a signing afterwards. But um, I, I believe Melissa is going to be having it as a Q&A. So there's a meet and a greet. There's a reception type in between the talks. Um, so that's a little bit more personal. But um, you, you get into the actual session. Um, I'm hoping she will allow for more time for a Q&A. But she's given us a, enough time where I think uh, that's um, going to be part of it. Uh, Craig Johnson back in December, it's the same thing. It's, he, he will read his story, but he enjoys more the Q&As yeah. and uh, yeah. interacting with the audience that come out to support them. So that's what I hope for authors. Uh, you, you always want to delve into the reason they uh, developed a character or why they even wrote the book in, in general. What was it that inspired them? Yeah, because that is, that is a massive undertaking. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of people understand how much uh, blood, sweat, and tears goes into the written word, it, really. It's a lot. And we, we want to acknowledge that uh, it's a lot of effort. You know, Then there's some authors who are just that talented and they can just uh, do it. <laughs> 
book after book after book and their mind is just flowing. That's not me. You know, <laughs> I would have to go ahead and, and spend years trying to develop uh, characters. And Oh, things. yeah. I'm the same way. Uh, I've got a story that's cooked around in my head for, for so long, but it always gets pushed to the back. And, yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm inspired by those authors who have another job. Oh, yeah. But they go home and they they give all of their personal time to that passion, yeah. and somehow you know they they strive and they work really hard. And then if they get lucky, they make it because yeah. the rejection uh, that authors go through. I don't think people really understand that either. No. Every every author I've talked to talks about this massive amount of rejection letters that they get long before. The final, okay, yeah, we're going to give yeah. you a, sh- a, a shot. And uh, major publishers, they take risks, but uh, in the end, you know, you think, oh, this book is successful, so therefore the author is wealthy. Now, the author gets only a, a, a small amount of that uh, final cost. So if the cost of the book is $20, it's not like all of that money goes to that author. Yeah. So, it's uh, it takes a while for some of these. I know C.J. Box uh, and Craig Johnson both did it. They they were working other jobs, and then when it became successful enough, then they went ahead and did it full time. It wasn't like you just start writing and you're a success right from the um, oh yeah moment one, and then move on and all's good. You know, you you do have those second jobs, and there's a, so many authors in this world that have second, third, and fourth jobs uh, just trying to to make ends meet. So. No, it's it's a great feeling when they are successful, but most authors struggle uh, to make a living at it. Absolutely, uh, uh, you have got to love writing. Yes, to write for a living. Um, you know, we look at individuals like uh, J.K. Rowling, who you know even beat out Stephen King uh, yeah. when it came to monetary gains, but. I don't think it's really the books that they make the money off of. I think in J.K.'s situation, it's more of a Hollywood stepped in, and and the movie rights are what really brought that money in. And then all of a sudden you've got toys and licensing that goes clear across the board. So when when somebody told me that J.K. Rowling had been considered, I think, the most financially successful author— I would have to argue that fact because, you know, what did she really get rich off of? Was it the books themselves? It was the story, sure, it but was, not book sales yeah, by it, any means. It was means. the marketing side of things. You know, she's she's very intelligent in that uh, she was able to craft um, some of these contracts so that she was benefiting some uh, from some of the side things. So you get any movie, it's not really the movie they're making money off of. It's... Um, you're you're wanting that licensing of products afterwards. So you look at Star Wars, and yes, it's a very successful movie franchise, but it's the uh, toys that went along with it that uh, were incredibly successful. So if you have to have all of those pieces working in there, but you're right, just the books alone, uh, there's no way that she would have made that much money just off the books. Yeah, I mean, even Stephen King, which we oh, could look yeah. at and say is an absolutely uh, uh, you know marketable and successful oh. author. Uh, I think he wakes up in the morning and by two p.m. he could have a book written. He, if he had an idea at yeah. ten. Yeah, and I mean he's absolutely amazing the the amount that he writes. Uh, but that is a dedication, and and you know I would say Craig Johnson's kind of the same way. He has put a lot of books out over the years. Uh, absolutely fascinating. Uh, and and the Longmire series, yeah. you know, getting picked up on TV and now Longmire Days, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just book sales. They, I think, uh, and those who actually have an agent, I think, pay about 10% to yeah, that individual. To that <laughs> the money gets divvied out to everyone but <laughs> yeah. the original artist in this case. So. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I do find it fascinating uh, when the opportunities arise where you can sit down with an author and ask them, where did this come from? Who did you draw from in your own life? And so uh, one more time, when can we actually see her? So um, Sunday, March 20th at the Story Library, and then at um, 
2 p.m. and 6 p.m. at on April 5th at the Fulmer Library. Um, we're still working out the exact timing of the Story Library, so check with the library up in Story or call the Fulmer Library, and we'll get some more details this week. Take advantage of this, yes. folks. Read a good book and, and have the ability to go out and talk to the author. So it, it kind of enriches the entire experience. It, it does, and, um, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things that uh, programming for libraries we want to gear around um, – book discussions and yeah. all that. But uh, when you get an author coming in, it just uh, adds a little bit more flair to that. And you get someone who's very uh, dynamic, like a Craig Johnson doing some of these programs, and it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Especially when they like to engage yeah. with that audience. Okay. Uh, you could pick their brain for as long know, <laughs> as long as they like, let you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of book discussions, how many folks are actually meeting for these discussions nowadays? Are, uh, are the groups starting to grow now that uh, some restrictions are being pulled back? The case numbers are falling. It, it's not so much they grow. We we try to limit. Um, if we're having a book discussion like Claire York's, um, we might limit it to fifteen or twenty. Um, individuals. Oh, and it's, okay. okay. Some of the reasoning behind that is if you get too many, like you get 70 people in there, um, three or four will dominate the conversation and everyone else will just feel a little more intimidated. And then it becomes more the moderator is saying everything about the book rather than a true discussion. So you want to get a discussion going, you actually have to have fewer people. Wow. That's in fascinating. There. Um, I don't know. In college, it was the same way. It's like you want to get a a class to discuss the topic that the um, professor is discussing. You don't have it in a 200-seat auditorium with uh, that many students. No one will speak up. But you get in those small, more intimate uh, settings, you know, 20, 30, you can have some good discussions going. Yeah. So it's the same in education. It's the, the larger the size, it's the harder it is. Uh, there's certain individuals who will show up and just listen. And we want these to be um, educational, fun, learning opportunities, but we want to hear your opinion as well. Um, and we don't want it to be an intimidating side. So we try to keep them under that 20. Uh, a good size is 12 to 15. And that is great to hear uh, that you actually do limit that for those individuals who may be a little bit more of an introvert, yeah. um, but they want to be able to di it, to discuss a book that they might absolutely love. Yeah. So if we got the demand, you know, 70 people showing up, we, we would probably offer multiple sessions rather than just the one. Um, the sad part is book discussion groups can wane, so it could be... Um, Big lot, lot of interest for one year and the next year, totally different. And wow. some of it has to do with the theme of the book. Sometimes it's just the environment in society. It's like, okay, I, I'm busy this year and I, I just can't participate. And then it'll pick up the year after. And that's the same whether it's teens or adults. Um, it just ebbs and flows. That's so, amazing. You know, we change the themes around and the books that are being discussed, and there will be some people that will join, and then next year it's like, eh, I'm not so interested in that theme, and that's fine. You you step away, and then you wait until something else. But our goal with the book discussion groups, especially the ones that the library offers, um, we want the uh, the group themselves to choose some of these titles. We want them to have a theme that they are enjoying. So I... Uh, myself and the programming director, we, we step away from that. We let our moderators in the group decide. And then, you know, we have to adjust based off of can the book be even purchased right now or is it out of print? Um, but there's a lot of book discussion groups that are private across uh, the community. And we will help them find some books. But each of those is the same thing. It's a dynamic of they're trying to keep it small. It's it's the gathering. They they want to interact with each other just as much as they want to discuss the book itself. Yeah. So um, even in those private settings, smaller is sometimes better. Well, that is absolutely fascinating. And and you're right. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about it uh, when I was at the, the university and those big classes. Oh, they were horrible. I mean, yeah, they were more lectures yeah everyone just sits there you take the information and then if you want to have a discussion you and your little group went off and had a discussion you didn't do it right there well it's it's like online learning that's what it's um ebbed into is you know you get a class of 200 um people in an online environment you didn't really notice it 
um, but you could go and be broken up into smaller discussion groups. And usually those discussion groups were under eight people. So you would have um, a lot of these uh, groups discussing the same topic, but it wasn't so overwhelming because when you get in discussion groups online, it's like, wow, the, the comments. If you came in oh, late, yeah. you have 200 comments to read through before you can post your own. It, it was kind of frustrating. So they would always break us up into smaller groups. <laughs> yeah, having to jump in there yeah. and catch up so on some of those I, I love education, but I don't think I, I would succeed going back into that environment right now. I'm getting too old for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's fascinating? I actually took part. In one of the first online classes that was offered at Western Wyoming Community College, when I first started college, uh, I was already, you know, an untraditional student. Uh, I was already 21 years old. And and this, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, you're untraditional by then. But, man, they, they thought, you know, we're going to give this a shot. And it was a creative writing class. And back then we were still working off of message boards. Oh, yeah. So everyone had to go onto this message board and contribute to the discussion. And then it was actually required that you had to say at least two or three yeah. different things, you know. And so it's just fascinating to watch what this has evolved into, yeah. uh, where online classrooms are now um, entire universities operate. Yeah, in absolutely. But over the last couple of years with COVID and you've seen the um, – elementary and uh, high schools having to go this route it, it was just um, brought back a lot of memories from my own college days it's gone the same struggles that we had back in the day happen again this time is you can get lost in the mix there's yeah. always individuals that were had no problem speaking up and then others that are a little more shy yeah and so smaller breakout groups actually benefit those students rather than 30 20 kids all at once with one teacher. It was the breakout sessions that they actually started speaking up in. Now, if, if, and I think I've asked you this before, but if it, if it, our discussion is a possibly, you know, sparked something in someone's head, how could they start a book discussion group with a theme? So if somebody out there is like, I, I love Westerns, we're only going to cover Westerns, or I love fantasy, we're only going to be covering fantasy, how would somebody start a book like that, and could they get support from the library? Yeah, uh, the first step is, you know, if you're wanting to do it, at, let's say we're going to assume it's a private one, not necessarily sponsored by the library. Um, you have your group either already designed or we will help you to put out the words, hey, we we're, we're starting uh, this on fantasy. From there, it actually um, becomes a little bit more in-depth where you need s some staff help because you can choose a title and it's going, oh, this is the best book ever. But if we can't purchase copies of it, then who's actually benefiting from it? The one who already has a copy or the everyone has to share one book? Well, that's kind of hard to do when uh, you have to read the book and be prepared to discuss it in a couple of weeks. So we want to make sure that there's enough copies available. Either we're going to go out and buy them and add it to our collection and put it together as a kit, or we're going to see if we can get it through interlibrary loan. The problem with interlibrary loan is we can't guarantee that all those copies will come in and what the due date will be on them. I was going to so say, and when. Hard. So yeah. um, since I've been on, I, I focus more on if we have a book discussion um, and a topic, we're going to try to buy as many copies as we can. We put it together in a kit, and then when this group is done with it, we release it to all of Wyoming. And um, there may be another group that will want that. Um, but we don't have to break up the kit. It's available for other groups to use, and so they'll request this kit. So some of them are, are housed at the Natrona County Library, but we, we move these kits around so that uh, if someone wants to do a book discussion group, they're available. So oh, that's great. There, there's hundreds of them available that way right now. But if you're looking at the latest, greatest um, novel, it just was released and it's still on the bestseller list, those are kind of hard to put together as a kit. So uh, there, there's a time frame in this where we can and cannot um, obtain books. And the first day that it's released is not the day that we can get 12, 15 copies of a book. And, uh, you know, w no matter the theme, yeah, someone might have already had 
the someone might have already done so it. So there might be a kit out there. Absolutely. For Check with the library. We'll do our research um, on it, see if it's available. And if it is, we'll bring it in for you. No problem. Now, Cameron, I only got about a minute left. Uh, I, I love having you come in because we always get sidetracked. We get sidetracked. Oh, we got, so we got about two minutes left. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about construction going on at the yeah. libraries because there is going to be a power interruption at some yes. point. So what construction do we have left to go? So this is the final step of the backup generator that was installed. So it was installed um, back in mid-January, and we've been waiting for the company out of um, Billings that is the um, distributor for Generac, and they have to actually be the ones to come in and fire up the machine. So we have this expensive generator sitting on our property and we can't use it until they come in and and do all their tests to make sure it's working. So that's what's happening on on Tuesday, March 1st, um, from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. If you come into the library, they're going to be doing multiple simulated power outages. So they're going to shut off the power and see if the generator kicks in. It doesn't sound like that big of a deal because, you know, within 30 seconds we'll have power again. But each and every time that happens, the computers go down, the Internet goes down, and it could take us several minutes to get the Wi-Fi back up or the machines going. So if you're using one of our machines uh, and the power goes up, you're going to lose your data. Just be aware. All right, Cameron, thank you so much. And uh, thanks again for the discussion. I love having to come in. We always get sidetracked. We do. I love it. It's fun. All right, this has been Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. Considering a mortgage loan? You have a new option here in Sheridan. Tia Jaffe and American Liberty Mortgage. Tia and her team offer years of personalized expert service with a variety of home loan options. So whether you're purchasing or refinancing, they have something for every stage of your life. At American Liberty Mortgage, their job is to make your dream a reality. Give Tia Jaffe a call today, 307-214-8369, NMLS number 636-438. Visit her online at yoloans.com. Do you have simple tax returns but you're still confused on how to prepare them? Cloud Peak Accounting can help. Cloud Peak Accounting will prepare your simple tax return while you wait. Not sure if your tax return qualifies as simple? Just call them to find out and then set up an appointment to get your taxes done while you wait. Call Cloud Peak Accounting at 307-684-5519. That's 307-684-5519. Or visit them online at cloudpeakcpa.com. When it's time to restock your office supplies, let the Sheridan Commercial Company help. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Office Supply Department. We have a selection of office supplies in the store for your needs today. But a huge selection of office supplies is in our new office supply website, SheridanCommercial.com. We have thousands of office supplies that you can order online and have delivered to your office or to our store. If it's time to restock and review the office supplies, stop on by the Sheridan Commercial Company or go online at SheridanCommercial.com. Future Farmers of America is not only about educating students in agriculture, it's an organization that builds character. FFA is about building community and developing leadership. As members, we develop lifelong skills like public speaking, team building, and problem solving. We learn respect for ourselves and others. Please join us as we celebrate National FFA Week, February 19th through the 26th. This message is proudly provided by the folks at CNK Equipment. Graphics is expanding. We recently acquired Sheridan Printing and have moved our shop to a new, larger location. We're now located at 2266 North Main, next door to the Social Security office. Our office is open while construction is in progress. Or, if you'd rather, you can contact us by calling 674-6227 or online at alphagraphicsheridan.com. We look forward to working with all of you in 2022. Learning to do, doing to learn, earning to live, living to serve. This is the motto of Future Farmers of America. Help them celebrate National FFA Week February 19th through the 26th and learn more about FFA from the center pullout section of this week's Country Bounty. This year's FFA pullout is proudly sponsored by ERA Carroll Realty, Heartland Kubota, True Built Builders, Cindy Crummers, American National Insurance, First Federal Bank, and Black Tooth Large From Animal Jill Services. Bates and the best team studio. 
News Talk 930, KROE, Sheridan.